Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Welcome to Hometown Heroes, the day after 4th of July. To me, it kind of feels like a Monday. So, today I get honored with a guest who has abilities that a lot of us wish we had. And she uses her powers to be able to help you find clarity, help guide you not only in your personal life, but also in your professional life with a deep understanding of the unseen world, to be able to read the signs and understand and interpret them. She's a remarkable track record in providing profound insights and predictions that have been proven to transform in many ways. As a business strategist, she has an impressive reputation for guiding entrepreneurs and companies towards success. Her initiative, I can't even speak today, her initiative approach to problem solving and decision making has empowered businesses to thrive. As a speaker, her magnetic presence with audiences. Her inspirational talks have touched hearts of listeners, motivating them to unlock their true potential and to find their purpose in life. I'm apologizing now because I know I'm going to butcher her name. Welcome, Vashili. Vashali. I was close. How are you yeah. doing today? I am good. How are you? Phenomenal. So before we dive into what you do, what got you to doing what you do? So it was actually an accident. I was uh, seeking help from different psychics, and uh, I wasn't able to find someone who could answer my questions. And uh, I had some career thing going on at the time. And uh, I went to like one psychic, the second psychic, the third psychic. And by the time I was done, I had visited close to like 40 or 50 of them with no clarity whatsoever. So I decided that I would be better off learning it myself. 
So I decided to go on a journey and decided to find out if this thing was even real. And uh, uh, that's how I got into it. Now, for some of us that can you explain more about what it is you do? Yeah, so essentially what I do is uh, think of it as uh, time traveling in the future. So just like, uh, let's say that, you know, I live in Northern California, so if I have to kind of go from my home to the airport, then um, I would if I'm driving, if I go to the San Francisco airport, if I'm driving, I'll probably, like, use the GPS. And uh, when I use the GPS, you know, the GPS would show me that, okay, there's an accident on this freeway, so this is the detour that you have to take. And uh, I take the detour, I can kind of get there on time. So essentially, I'm trying to see through space or look through space. And uh, finding out, you know, what kind of maneuvers can I make or what kind of changes can I make in order to reach my destination. So what I do is essentially the same thing, but you can replace the space with time and then essentially think of it as being able to kind of see through time and say that, oh, if I kind of go down this route, then I'm going to get stuck and there's going to be an accident, so I need to take that detour. But if you go without any information, then you will just kind of go down that route because it's familiar, and then you'll kind of get stuck in traffic. So this would be like similar to like what you would be kind of doing in real life, that you would just go down a certain route, and then you would kind of get stuck, and then you would have to navigate through it. And it would cause uh, some amount of delays, some amount of challenges, and so on. But if you know it is coming... Mm -hmm then you are a little bit more prepared and you may prepare yourself in advance and you may also seek other routes. So that's essentially what I do. I tell people like what they can expect to happen and uh, what kind of challenges are there in the way and what uh, they can do to take some detours. So it sounds like you take all the little signs that are put in front of you that a lot of us, when we're in that moment, we can't feel. And you're able to take those, understand those, and interpret them to get that person or that client or that business to understand this ain't going to work. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, essentially, like, I probably won't say it in these terms that this is not going to work because that could come across as a little bit strong for someone who is uh, new. But if it's like a client with whom I have been working with, then I could let them know. But if it's a new client, I would tell them that, okay, uh, the way you're going, you're going to face challenges, and this may happen, that may happen, that may happen. So... You can do a couple of things. One is either be prepared for it and hope that it doesn't happen, or you can also prepare for it and um, take, uh, like, some sort of an alternate or alternate approach.
Yeah, I have a habit of being blunt. I always blame <laughs> yeah. military, German, and Irish. It's the filter's busted some days, so. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with being blunt, but I think some people may be uh, a little offended and they may not be able to kind of digest the information because a lot of time when people come to see me, they expect to like hear all the good things or hear all the good stuff. And I kind of don't operate like that. I have to kind of tell them what I see because if I do not, then whatever was going to happen would happen. And uh, then they would be faced with the scenario anyway. So I would rather tell them and be a little upset at the moment and then come back later. You know, you're down in California in the world of psychics and the world of a lot of fraud. A lot of fraud? Okay. A lot of people who claim to be psychic and just trying to make that quick buck. Uh Uh-huh. How did you get to be able to set yourself apart? That's a great question. Uh, So when I first started, uh, I kind of didn't start. uh, I I didn't like, like you said, you know, I had to do something or prove myself. So when I first uh, got started, I would kind of do some sort of like a sample reading for people uh, for a few minutes, maybe five minutes or so. And uh, to show them that I was real. And then after the five minutes, they would kind of start working with me. Uh, They would say, okay, I think that uh, this is legit. And they would kind of start working with me. But I couldn't really do that all the time. So after like three or four people, I decided that I would offer something on my site where they could uh, verify my predictions and then that way they would uh, be more inclined to figure out if I was real or not. So I started offering them like a free prediction for a week. So essentially what they could do is they could uh, take that prediction and see how it plays out in real life. So even though it's kind of free, it would still play out in real life wait for a week, and then if they're happy with it, then they could move forward. So that was one of the things I did to kind of prove that. And then later on, as I started working with more and more clients, a lot of them started leaving lots of uh, testimonials and lots of detailed testimonials about how I predicted certain things and how they played out. I think I just had one client write something the other day where she was struggling with her career. She had some sort of an issue with her career, and she wasn't, like, finding the right sort of work. And uh, I told her what she would expect in terms of, like, maybe there was a little bit of a dry spell, and then someone would come in unexpectedly. So essentially that's really what happened. I, I think I could probably read out some of her some of her testimonial, let me see. But essentially, that's really how that one played out, that there was a little bit of a dry spell, and then she had someone call in, and within like a few days, she started, uh, she got the position. It was a high, It was a higher level position. It was a C-level position. Uh, she tried to look for those people 
whom I described. I am very good at describing people who would come into your life. So a lot of people come to me for seeking the description of their soulmates and stuff. In this particular scenario, I described someone who would be her potential employer or somehow connected to the employment. And I also told her that uh, they had some sort of a previous working relationship. So she couldn't really identify anyone who fits that description. So she kind of moved on and then suddenly out of the blue, she kind of got a call uh, about joining a new startup uh, for a C-level position. So she immediately joined within a few days. You know, it sounds a lot like taking and helping them create that self-fulfilling prophecy. You're boosting their confidence and getting them to see the gray. Because the average person looks at the black and white. Mm-hmm. They see what's in front of them. They don't see that gray that's in between. And so you take what you see and you give them that gray to help them see everything around them that normally that they wouldn't see to be able to open themselves up to be able to apply for that right job, find that career path that they're meant to be on. (laughs) Yeah, and also to have a little bit more awareness because sometimes it could be that, you know, she may have thought that, oh, this came in unexpectedly, so this is not real kind of a thing. It could be that, or maybe she would have missed it if she had not noticed it, but this way she was paid for it. So essentially, they get like more awareness of uh, what to look for, what to watch out for, what to observe in order to be able to move forward. Mary, it's country. Hey, country. How are you? Hi there. Uh, Ma'am, I'm not going to try to pronounce your name either, but I kind of was, when you first started speaking, I was kind of really straight on tune. Right when I was young, I used to tell my grandma when I was sitting out in the yard, she said, baby, who are you going to be today? I said, I'm going to be Flash. She said, why do you want to be Flash? I said, I want to run around the world and bless people and be back before dinner time. You always got to be home for dinner. So at that particular time, even as a child, I was able to go somewhere inside of my mind. I call it spiritual time travel. I could go places in the spirit that my flesh was too heavy to go. But then when you started saying you have to tell people the truth, Mary's a real big advocate on taking the good with the bad. But a lot of times, I I don't want to lean towards the churches, but a lot of those just pray it and ask for it and God will give it to you kind of preachers, kind of mess people's mindset up on everything is going to be hunkadory, everything is going to turn out great. But sometimes when you're telling people the truth, ma'am, like you just said, sometimes they don't want to hear the bad, but they got to take the good with the bad. And this is kind of revealing into a question, then I'll stop. What's the difference between what you do and a lot of people that call themselves psychics that go online like Mary can do right now and read my horoscope, my zodiac sign, and tell me, country boy, you're an Aquarius, this is what's going to happen, and you're going to meet a Sagittarius, and she's going to fall in love with you, and you're not going to live happily ever after. That sounds good, 
that sounds exciting to me meeting a woman my my dream mate would be good, but what happens, ma'am, when you look deeper and reveal the truth then? Do you give people like a sample reading? I'm going to kind of coast right there, and that's kind of like a, not a question, but kind of just open air. When you said, I'll look in, I'll give them a sample. So if I came to you, would you give me a sample bite of what my future looks like before I have to pay? I mean, that's kind of a, a tough angle to approach when it comes to marketing. Did I make any sense? Do I have a question hidden in there, Mary? Can you help me? Yeah, I think I got your question. So I think you wanted to verify if you could get a sample or something. So there are a couple of ways you can do that. I do what is known as a free weekly forecast on my site, and it is done through email. So you could sign up through email, and it goes out every Sunday. So every Sunday you will get a prediction of how your week is going to play out, and then you can wait for the week and verify that. So that could be like one way you could do the sample. And then a couple other ways is I have like a free one-question email reading on my site as well. So you could sign up for that. And uh, you could look at that and see how that plays out. And lastly, I think I also have like a free three-minute reading. So I use a service uh, which uses a timer. So essentially what they do is for the first three minutes, they offer you, uh, you have to call in through their line, and uh, for the first three minutes, they won't charge you, and then after that, they will charge you. So that's how that's how you could uh, kind of test drive a sample. So you actually are answering individuals, responding to individuals, and you're not like the weather lady that's going to give one big prediction for everybody, right? I'm so not trying to be for funny, the email, uh, for, for the to, email and the to, forecast, it is kind of done through email. So it is yeah. uh, personalized, but it's uh, it's also everyone has like a different context. So even if I say the same thing, it's going to mean different to you. And then for the phone, it's going to be like more one-on-one. Okay, thank you, ma'am. That makes sense. Any other questions? No, I just was trying to find out because I did it years ago on Joyce Berry. She calls herself the White Oprah Winfrey Show, and she had somebody had a very similar story. And those spiritual powers, sometimes people really have to really be in a spiritual place or a spiritual consciousness to appreciate what you're doing. That's what I was trying to discern here is, what you're doing, and Mary, I think, Mary, your first question was, what did you do to establish that you was different from the other psychics? Because, ma'am, you did say that you went to several before you got headed in the direction that you are. Did they tell you the good or the bad, or would they give you a free prediction and they was way off the mark? What made you, again, Mary's question was, how did you separate yourself from different being different? from the other people that say they're doing what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you just have to have, like, an experience. One of the things uh, that you would find out is uh, my client, my client testimonials. The other thing you would find out is that I come from a different background. 
My background is more in science, so I kind of merged the science and the metaphysics together in order to come to predictions that are more accurate. Uh, that's how I kind of distinguish myself. Awesome. Thank you. Now, you said, you know, and I, I did a background and looked at what you do and stuff like that, and I've studied a lot of the same places you studied for different reasons, but... um you talk about that science background and the third eye and the chakra. Can you um, explain that a little bit more for a lot of our listeners who may not understand what that means? Yeah, so my background is originally in science. And uh, when I first started uh, working with these things, uh, the third eye is essentially a way you can use to... I would like to say more like see-through in terms of uh, being able to see through the past, seeing through the future, those kind of things. And uh, comes a little bit, I hate to put it like this, but it essentially it comes through practice. And the more you practice, the better you get. And just like uh, if I told you that can you, like, uh, think about a scenario uh, which uh, you really like a lot or something, or can you think if I describe to you, like, a movie scene, and you can close your eyes and you can kind of visualize that scene starting to play in front of your eyes. Like, you know, there is, uh, what is the name of the movie I was just seeing? Uh, as I was talking to you, I started seeing the movie with uh, Alcatraz, Escape from Alcatraz. So I could kind of see the scene in front of my eyes, even though it's not physically playing. I'm not physically playing it on the computer or the TV. So the third eye is kind of similar like that. You can use it to be able to see something at a spirit level. So, like, if I close my eyes and if I just kind of, I could see the Escape Through Alcatraz movie or I could see sections of it, but that doesn't mean it's physically playing on my laptop as I'm sitting in front of it. So, essentially, that's what uh, you can do with the third eye, which is you can uh, you can see things, but you can not only see uh, the present, but you could also see, like, the past and the future. Like, you know, if I asked you if you went to, Yosemite, could you like think of a scene? And you could probably think of a scene, but that doesn't mean you're physically in there right now. It's something that has happened in the past. And similarly, you can also tap into what could potentially happen in the future. So that's how you can use the third eye. The third eye also is not just what you can see, but you get these feelings or you get these insights mm-hmm. that the average person is tuned out. It's being able to open your mind and open who you are to be able to see everything around you and being able to understand all the little things that a lot of people may miss and be able to have that feeling of understanding 
all these little signs that the average person wouldn't be able to see and understand and interpret. Yes, so the interpretation is a big part of it, and the interpretation is something that actually comes by by practice. So it's, you know, it's like running or something. If you have never run before and I say that, you know, go and run like five miles, your body is not going to be able to do it. It won't be able to withstand the run because you're kind of out of practice unless, you know, you're perfectly in shape and you've been doing a lot of things which would make that run seem like a joke. But if uh, so, essentially, you would kind of start slowly and then start building up your strength and then start running maybe like uh, one tenth of a mile, two tenths of a mile, build it up and then go up to a mile and then gradually build it up to two miles, three miles, five miles. So, with the third eye, essentially, it is something like that you start small and then you start looking at things, and then as you get more and more into practicing things, then you will start uh, becoming better at it. Mary, I got one more. Like, so is a man thinketh, so is he. And again, it goes back to the, the consciousness. They've taught us as humans that seeing is believing, not necessarily so. Seeing is not believing. Seeing is knowing. If you were standing in the middle of a highway and you believe you hear a truck coming, but it's actually a car, you didn't really know it was a car until you saw it. So seeing is not believing. Seeing is knowing. But when you look from the spiritual realm, you guys talking about your chakra eye, it always comes from a spiritual perspective. My grandma used to always say, I see it in my mind's eye. I see it in my mind's eye. For you to be able to see somebody else's future inside of your mind based on whatever a spiritual guidance you have to be able to touch in the areas, but I'm also one of them firm believers that you can't change people if they're not willing to change. And if a person has been shut down in their mindset and their thinking, even if you was to tell them the truth, presenting them the truth, gave them a sample of truth, what keeps them coming back when they've been so doubtful? And we've all went through hard times now that we've never seen before. We're having things happen in our lives that you can Google your own brain and you'll go, well, I've never experienced and I've never seen anything like this in all my life. So my question again there, ma'am, is that third eye, when you give people the truth, you're able to take a sneak peek into their future and you present it to them. If they don't believe that their life is getting ready to get better, if they don't believe and they're getting ready to land a better job, if they're getting ready to run into a soulmate, how how does one continue with someone that's not willing to change their mindset? I'll stop right there. Yeah, I mean, essentially, I could uh, scan these people. I, uh, I, I talk to a lot of my clients before I start working with them, and I could tell from the way they are uh, asking the questions or making an inquiry as to what their thoughts and beliefs are. And I also tell them that uh, I may say some things that 
they may not want to hear, and if they're not prepared for it, then they shouldn't be working with me. And then as far as the belief is concerned, I ask them to wait and see how it plays out, and uh, most of the times it does play out, and then they come back uh, saying that, uh, you know, it was uh, whatever it was that I predicted. But if they are not a believer, then I ask them that, you know, they shouldn't really be working with me. I may not be the right person for them, essentially. Well, that, uh, that's powerful you, for you to say because, again, after you do that first initial interview, and you remember they said one's attitude determines one's latitude, and I'm pretty sure with your spiritual discernment and as well as you've been doing it for a while, you can really kind of tell probably instantly or shortly that the person that you're having a conversation with, whether you're going to be able to help them or not. Yeah. So, thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. We have more coming in the next half of our show. Before you leave, Vashali? Vashali? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where can people reach you if they want to contact you some more? So I think the easiest way is to go to my website. It's uh, my name, vashalinikade.com. They could also find it on Google if they just Google me. And I'll just spell my name, V-A-I-S-H-A-L-I. And they could just put psychic in front of it, and they should be able to find me or find my website and connect with me through my website. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. And and stay tuned for the next half of our show. We'll be right back. So that was our guest. Now, the world of psychics is a little bit off from what we usually do. But the point of her coming on today and talking about what she does is to understand what it is that she does. A lot of people question how I can do what I do. And it's not so much the psychic aspect of it. She is in tune to see all the fine little details of everything that the average person, especially when you are so blocked into your world, when you're so, this is how you want to live your life, this is what you want to do, but you keep making them same mistakes over and over again. You keep banging your head against the wall. She's that neutral third party that's able to see those things that you normally don't see and being able to take those feelings and those sights and those things and interpret them and give you that path. You know, Mary, it sounds like she has a, a very special gift that the good Lord has given her to be able to do those things. Uh, to be able to uh, understand people better and understand their situations 
and and come up with uh, uh, ideas on uh, that that can help them and help them to become more successful in whatever they're trying to do. Um, and I, I I believe that from listening to her um, that it's um, it's a very special gift that God has given her, and and that. Uh, a person I believe has doesn't have to be a believer in order to in order to receive those gifts, but those gifts will come regardless, and and uh, it may even help the individual to uh, to receive those gifts uh, if they if they grow in their spirituality and grow in their ability to um, to recognize situations that people might have in their life and how to overcome. Uh, those with solutions. I don't know if that all makes sense, but it uh, that's kind of the way it came across to me. No, you're 100% right, and I just couldn't get the words to come out right. And uh, No, she's very well-renowned in what she does, and she's taken this gift out of a strategy because she couldn't get the answer she was looking for, and she went and learned how to do it, took the gifts she had and opened it up. To be able to help people. Yep. yep. Very, very. Yep. That's very true. That's quite obvious from what what she was talking about. You know, and that's such a rare thing in this day and age, especially when there's so much mm-hmm. out there. And learning how to take yep. those gifts and take what you've been given and use it to better the world and help those lost people from making the same mistakes. Like it says in the good word, uh, if you don't, if you don't use your, uh, either use them or lose them, you know, if you don't use what he gives us. Um, And that's, uh, that's how we grow. And that's how she's growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, this is Andre. I'm outside. I'm going to get off the radio here pretty soon. But um, where I'm at is like, yes, God gives us gifts, but there has to be someone who wants to receive it on the other end. That's the tricky part sometimes. Sometimes people, uh, I don't know if they want to suffer more or are just comfortable with what they know already. Better the devil that you know than the one you don't. Um, I don't know. Does anyone have advice on that? getting your gifts out there to the world. I've been asking God for a while here. I'm, I'm confused. I'm lost. I don't know what to do next. It's, uh, you know, Andre, we need to talk later when you're free. But, um, you know, the unfamiliar is always the scariest place because you don't know what's on that other side. You know, when we talk about the unfamiliar, you know, our subconscious is designed to keep us alive. So for us, the familiar is the safe area because we know we're going to survive that familiar. You know, that's where I love, you know, Matt and Tiffany with the Do the Damn Thing Nation with their slogan of Fear Hates Movement. Moving that step into the unfamiliar is the scariest thing you're ever going to do. But it's going to be the most rewarding Maybe not financially at times, because you may not make the wrong step, but it's the most rewarding 
to yourself because you're making those steps to move forward and make those changes to adjust to what you're doing. Yep. Well, Mary, you know, we had another conversation about, I call it traveling the path of spiritual uncertainty. You may be uncertain about how you're going to get there, but you're certain that you will get there. And doing this path, if you're a believer, like the other gentleman said, I think it was Andre, if one is willing to be helped, if one is willing to be open-minded, y'all have heard me say before when we start talking about the hope collection and what we do, faith is the substance of things hope for and the evidence of things not seen. We know that one. But what most people don't understand is if you don't have nothing to hope for, you have nothing to activate that little mustard seed of faith that you have because one must believe that he can first. If you say, I can do all things through Christ, you're telling the truth. If you say, I can't do that, you're still telling the truth. So, again, so is a man thinking, so is he. So if somebody's on a quest to look for help or in search of help, the spiritual uh, guider will strategically send somebody into your life that you couldn't have never Googled up by yourself. But when you're in that spiritual consciousness to change, change will come, even if it does not come in the shape, form, or fashion you hope it came in a skirt but it came looking like a college professor. You know what I'm saying? So we have to still be open-minded and open-spirited to be able to receive any of the blessings that the divine creator sends. And the last one there, the last time I had a spirit cycle, a spiritual, a psychic encounter, it came from a homeless man that was eating out of a dumpster. He peeped into my life and said something to me that only God would know about, and it came from a homeless man. But he was able to speak in the spiritual realm and to meet my consciousness. He, whether he was looking through the first eye, the second eye, the third eye, where he hit me right between the eyes. I'll stop right there, Mary. <laughs> That's beautiful. Especially since, you know, we... You never. It's not like any of us can say, "Oh yeah, that person's gonna have spiritual gifts, or that person's gonna have spiritual gifts." It just happens. And there's something, someone that's divine out there that decides on that. And I love that. It just won't stop. And then Andre, and one more. God, I love wait, wait, wait. Right. The one more on, thing. Like, I said. I said all the time. If you will live your life purpose, the young lady that was on the phone with us today, oak man, you know, Mary, you know, when you're operating out of the spiritual gift that the divine creator gave you and you're being obedient with that gift, certain things you can learn, certain things you can be taught, and certain things you just have. If she has a gift, if she's able to use that gift, her life-given purpose, and operating out as a spirit of obedience, she will always be the answer to somebody else's prayer that's been looking for some spiritual insight that they may not have. All of us are not visionary. Some of us just dream. 
in the, in the text, it says, when we come a time in our life, the old people used to be visionaries and young people used to dream. Now in this new New Testament that we're in now, now young people are visionaries and old people sit around dreaming. So, you know, in order for her to be able to tap into her spiritual gift, she's realized, number one, must realize that I can do what I do. Can't nobody else do like I do. Mary, the first question you ask her is what separates you from the other psychics? I'm going to give you this one, and you can take it. My, uh, my friend says I've never stole an idea that wasn't worth stealing. You hear me say it all the time. Ain't nobody can do what you do, like you do, when you do, what you do, so you just do what you do. And if you're operating out of the spiritualness and you take your selfness, selfish button off, you will always run into somebody else that's been praying for you to come into their life to boost their self-esteem, to boost their confidence, to relieve the doubt. Slay it any way you want to because if you come in with good stuff that can empower and enlighten somebody and make it will always work out the better, even if it does not work out the way that we originally planned. All things do work together for the True. good. Sometimes better. Oftentimes better. I like what was said about uh, you have to have a desire to to uh, to change in order to uh, accomplish something that you want to accomplish because it God has given us the tools that we need to do what we want to do, but we have to be willing to use those tools. We have to be willing to practice, and we have to be willing to um, uh, try to build on whether it's a spiritual change in our life that we want or whether it's a uh, a business change we want or whatever it is uh changing our habits whatever it is um god has given us what we need to do that but we have to be willing and able well we're able of course but we have to be willing to to do whatever's whatever's needed and to um uh to expand upon what god has given us uh, if that's what we want to do, if that's what we want to accomplish. You know, and not just, expect, you know, make the changes ourselves, but not be afraid to ask for help. Amen. So, so many of us aren't willing to get help. Yep. We yep. have this mentality, we have to do it ourselves. We have to, or we're willing to... Or we're in the mindset that, you know, we have to pay the big money to get the right help. And thinking that just because it's not as expensive, it's not worth the help that we're given. You know, we have that saying that you get what you pay for, which isn't true at all. You know, the best place to ask for help is through our Lord and um, ask him to help to give us whatever we need or to refer us to whatever we need, whether it's another person or, or whatever it is, um, a, a program maybe that will help us. And uh, so it's, it's it's very important. That is very important to ask and you shall receive. And being open to the signs in front of you that are 
once you ask for help, to being open to what is put in front of you for the help. And it may not be what you want it to be, and it may not be what, what you think it is, but, and this is where that third eye and that psychic type deal comes into play, is understanding these little signs and these little things in front of you that may not be the big, big bird flashing in front of you saying, hey, pay attention, look at me. It may be something subtle in understanding that that's the sign and the path you're supposed to go on. It took me a long time to learn that one. You know, it's like all the, all the prophets that are, that are prophesied in the uh, in the Old and the New Testament. Um, God gave them gifts, special gifts, to be able to do that, to prophesize. But I bet you in the beginning, um, they weren't aware of what they could do or how to do it. Uh, but because they, I'm sure they prayed about it, they asked for help, uh, they, they received whatever they needed to uh, to have those prophecies, to make those prophecies, I should say. And, you know, with those prophets, and, you know, if you read the Bible, a lot of them questioned it at first, too. Those little yep. subtle signs, they didn't see them right away. And they kept putting signs in front of them. And finally, like a brick wall, it hit them, and they started to understand what these signs meant and made the changes. Let me throw a curveball in this conversation there. Um, certain talented people, everybody can have a talent. God gives you. But my curveball right up front says God gives and God can take it away. You know that we say all the time when we open up the whole show, if you don't say it, I'll say it. If Oakman don't say it, Ron will say it. We say it every day. We have no hidden agenda or hidden motives on what we do. It's okay to have a business. It's okay to have a career. It's okay to have a gift. But when one is given a gift, you guys, if you get to the point to where you have that gift and you're not utilizing it, to nurture, to encourage, to empower, to enlighten others, and you just put a dollar sign in front. I know y'all know what I'm saying. If you just put a dollar sign right next to your gift and you don't really have that passion, that hidden heart that will help somebody through a situation that they can't see what you see, but when you just do it for the money, Eventually, you will make a lot of money doing it. But when you hear me say right up front, if the divine creator giveth and the divine creator taken away, when somebody is issued this special gift that they misuse it or abuse it, then eventually the psychic house will be shut down. That is true. You don't always lose it. A lot of times, if you don't follow those signs, there's more signs. You know, God has a way of getting you to do what he wants you to do eventually. Yeah. So the signs are subtle and subtle and subtle and subtle. 
if you don't follow them, then eventually <laughs> there's going to be that brick wall in front of you that's going to get you to see, yeah. hello, pay attention, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It just may take a little bit longer, and you're going to go through a whole lot of hurt and frustration in the process. You know, for me, it took ending my career in the military for me to see the path that I needed to take. And having that nothing, no plan, no idea of what to do, and then ended up being having two kids that were gifted in different ways and finding a coach that wanted a buttload of money to help me to understand what my path was. And once I figured that out and started moving down that path, you know, I had a lot of failures in the beginning because I didn't follow the path that he put in front of me and show me what I needed to do. And once I stopped doing things my way and what everybody else was telling me to do and just following these signs, everything blew up. I mean, how look at the radio show. You know, Mary, I'll bet you that you, if you think back uh, about your military career, and uh, I'll bet you there were times that you uh, you had to, to learn uh, some disciplinary measures, you had to learn some uh, uh, skills to get organized, and you had to learn a whole bunch of things. Um, and if you if you were not willing to learn those things, and and to listen to others and listen to what God is telling you. Um, it would never have occurred, and and you probably would not have been able to accomplish all the things you've accomplished since that time, uh, because of what you've learned through that. And I think you would agree with that. Sort of. So the big reason why I joined the military to begin with was I was OCD. I like organization. I like clean. I like things a certain way. Yeah. For me, it was that whole self-esteem issue that whole, you know, having that place to belong and being able to open up to be who I am now. Being able to have that place that, you know, and overcoming all these obstacles in life and understanding that, you know, things are going to happen. All right, now what do you do to fix it? Not to dwell on all the bad. And that was the biggest part for me that I had to learn. And it took a lot of push-ups and a lot of sit-ups. <laughs> Building to learn how physical to... strength. <laughs> it was. Yeah, you know, it was good. You know, because I never, I didn't have that, that foresight or that third eye to be able to think ahead. And so I did a lot of screwing up. Yeah. And I it would give up quite a bit. And now I use that as a tool that, you know, understanding that, you know, not not to quit. You know, a lot of people, because I am a smoker, people like to give me crap about it and want me to tell me I need to quit. Well, I always look at general order number three. I will never quit. Um, so I always used to make the joke. My sergeants even got on me for, for it because I go, well, you know what? You all talk about 
taught as the gateway drug, you know, and I'm an 80s, 90s kid. So, you know, the, the start of drugs was, and the D.A.R.E. program was big. And so we always talked that pot was the gateway drug. It was unacceptable. That was your path to harder stuff. And so I always use that against, you know, someone and say, you know. Get off. Sorry, my cat just jumped on something, knocked it down. But when I came to quit smoking, because it was my crutch, it was my way of dealing with things. I didn't drink. I didn't do a lot of that stuff. Was, you know, my general order number three says I never quit. So if I stop, I start quit smoking, that's my gateway quitting. Do we want me to backpedal? (laughs) If I start here, where does the the line end? And they just look at me and go, yeah, we just, I'm not dealing with you. Go away. But that's the same thing in business is, you know, when you start a business, the first thing people ask you is what would you be doing if your business fails? And I never looked at it that way. I always looked at, okay, well, you know what? I may have tried 100 ways of doing this, and it wasn't right. Well, maybe 101 will be right. I just have not figured out the right way to do it yet. You know, failure is not the the end of the world. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Mary. But uh, you mentioned uh, about failure, and and, uh, failure is what helps us to have success. Because if we're willing to keep trying and keep using other other techniques or other ways to accomplish what we want to accomplish, then the failure is, is not important at all, but it just helps us to grow and helps us to, uh, to move uh, another step. We found out one way it wasn't going to work, so now we're going to try another way. So um, that's, uh, I think that's a very important to remember that. And a lot of times people, people don't, don't remember that or they don't understand that, that failure is not a, is, is not a, uh, a reason to quit. Right. Well, I look at it as failure is not an option. Okay, it may have gone wrong, but to me, failure means I'm done. There's nothing else. The business is folded up. So I always say failure is not an option. I've screwed up. I've maybe not done it right. But we need to figure out the right way. And it may take me 3,000 more times. Yep. You know, this post didn't work, this didn't work, fine. Let's figure out some new ways. So I always have the motto, and you can ask Andre about this one, failure is not an option in my world because I'm not going to quit. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you real quickly that some people will say I have spiritual powers. I think I do, but I don't have to be a psychic coaching. Um, it might be your drill instructor in the, in the military. It might be your uh, robot instructor in the gym. Again, different coaches and different guidance and different perspectives can come from different people, but as one views themselves, if you want to continue getting what you've been getting, continue to do what you've been doing in order to get something more, you have to be willing to change and do something different. And sometimes it just means adding that third eye sometimes, which is a person that has interest in your life that wants you to grow. Uh, one thing, oh, when, you, when you and I first 
started doing the show together, one of the first things that I would tell everybody when we decided that we were going to use the word life coach, I may not be able to tell you everything that works, but I can sure tell you what not to do. And see, sometimes spiritual insight comes from experience. You know what I'm saying? You may not be the best in the world of coaching somebody to success, but you can save them a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of frustration, and a lot of money to say, well, look, I tried this one time pretty similar to what you're doing, and then it didn't work. Matter of fact, it blew up in my face. So while you're working on yours, make sure and don't do that because you're wasting time, wasting money, and it might blow up on you. So, again, those spiritual insight people can come, whether they be psychic, whether they be, I, I hate to throw this into the mix, but some people I know that are gifted with tarot cards. And that's supposed to be, oh, that's a satanic. But what about a Ouija ball? Change can come in many shapes, forms, fashions. It can come sitting in a wheelchair. Uh, wheelchair. It can come sitting in an old uh, rocking chair full of wisdom on the porch when that whisper came. It can come from anybody. Again, Andre nailed it again. If you're open for growth, if you're open for hope, if you're open for a new something to happen in your life, then God has the power to send anybody he wants to send, even if he wants to send a whisperer like a psychic. If you're willing to hear, if you're willing to move. And I heard a lot of people out there say, I haven't heard from God in a long time. Well, if you haven't heard from God in a long time, make sure you go back and do what you heard him say the first time he talked to you or the last time he talked to you. Thank you, Bear. So we are almost out of time for today. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you, America. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count. Oh,